as I as I think about this, you know, with this group, I doubt there's anyone here who doesn't understand the value or the meaning behind Christmas. Um, so it's obviously not going to be something new, but I, I thought it would be good for us to just consider for a moment as we consider the coming week to, to think about um, some of the purpose and, and the and just remind ourselves of, of really uh, what's happened. You know, this week, interestingly, here at work, our corporate holiday card was made available. They, they send it out to those of us that <clears throat> work on the customer interfacing side, and we're supposed to send it out to those that we want to interact with or pass the, the holiday spirit on to. And I, you know, it's, it's interesting that the card, really nice, looks beautiful graphics on it, but it just simply says happy holidays. And as I, I thought about that, it was just kind of those, this sort of sadness from the standpoint that, you know, you know we're trying not to offend as a, as a corporate culture, we're trying not to defend anyone. So we in, instead send out these kind of generic greeting cards. And um, as as we go, as as I thought through that and, and look around, it's it's not just the organization I'm part of. Um, we find this that, that we've got a world that's sort of lost in in the commercialization of gifts or making sure they're scheduling time with family, um, looking looking forward to year-end bonuses, um, Christmas parties, get-togethers, and, and none of those things are necessarily bad. But in the process, they've really lost the time to to understand that, that the reality of Christmas is it's about an eternal God who, who put on humanity so that he could save an undeserving and, and disobedient people. And so as I thought about this, I came up with kind of five points that we'll look at um, why there has to be Christmas. Um, certainly there could be a lot more, um, but these, for the sake of time, we'll just look at these five as we go through it. And, and the first statement here is if there was no Christmas, our Bible would be untrue. Um, you know, there, there are so many prophecies. Which ones do you pick? I think 350-odd, depending on how you do the count of, of Jesus coming. Um, you know, the prophecy, he'd be born as a virgin in Isaiah 7. Um, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Um, the prophecy um, that he, he would be from Bethlehem. The prophecy that there would come the Magi bearing gifts. Um, the prophecy that his birthplace would suffer the massacre. We can go down through history. And again, there are so many things about the Bible that, that takes us to a point that, that if, if this isn't true, if the reality of Christmas isn't true, then we would be at a place where the Bible would be untrue. Um, point two, if there was no Christmas, our God would be unknown. Um, maybe one of the favorite things that I think about this time of the year is you know, the, God, the Bible states that God um, from eternity past chose to reveal himself to us, and he did this through sending his son, Jesus. You know, Philip asked the question in John 14. He, he says, show us the Father, and Jesus' response is, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. So God, God sent Jesus to, to be here. And in Colossians 1.15 goes on. It says, who is the image of the invisible God? It's the firstborn of every creature. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. So Jesus is that invisible God who came to, to join us in the flesh. Now, point three is if there was no Christmas, our sins would be unforgiven. Um, if Christ had not been born, we, we wouldn't have been saved from, from the things that we, we deserve punishment for. 
Um, the angel in Matthew 1, 21, the angel told Joseph, he said, and she shall bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And not only did he save the chosen people, but all of us that are Gentiles are also um, adopted into that because we have access through, through Christ. Um, there's a story, I don't, I don't know if this is true, it's, it's reported in, in some of the historical documents of, of Jerome, um, one of the early church, church fathers, and he had a dream that one night, and it said Jerome had collected his money and he offered to, to Christ as a gift, and Jesus said, I don't want your money. Jerome rounded up his possessions and offered to give them to Jesus, and Jesus says, I don't want your possessions. So Jerome proved to him and asked, he says, well, then what can I give you, and what do you want? And the dream, Jesus replied to him, give me your sins. That's what I came for. And that, that maybe sounds morbid at the Christmas season, but it's really that reason of why, of why we have, have Christ is because he came to die for us. So without Jesus being born here in this time, we would be lost forever. Uh, point four is if there was no Christmas, our prayers would be unanswered. That one sort of hits home with our prayer group as we think about the time we spend here praying. And the word tells us that Jesus is in heaven interceding for us today. Our prayer call today is made possible because there is Christmas. We have a Savior for whom we can pray through, gives us access to the Father. Uh, Hebrews 4, 15, and 16 tells us this. It says, for we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmity, but was in all points tempted like us. We are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. So Jesus came into this world knowing what it would cost him, and thus we have a Savior who has borne the pain and the grief and knows exactly what we're going through. So he is approachable um, and God reachable through him. And then the fifth point that I'll end with here is if there was no Christmas, our hope would be unfounded. Uh, the Bible tells us that, that the only hope we have is the hope we have through Christ. Uh, Colossians 1.27 calls Jesus the glory of hope, or, sorry, the hope of glory, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. <clears throat> and then Paul opens his first letter to Timothy by telling Timothy this. He says, Paul defines himself, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ for the commandment of God and our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. So our hope, Paul, Paul recognizes this, and I think we do today as well, that our hope is in Jesus and we are truly anchored in him. And one of the best examples is in his letter to the Corinthians. Paul, Paul states it this way, and I'll just, I'll just read verses, uh, chapter 15, verses 14 through 17. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, we are found as false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God, that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is, Christ, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ not be raised, your faith is in vain, and you're yet in your sins. And when I think about those verses, it just gives me this tremendous reassurance, and sort of my mind just says, wow. Our hope is anchored in, in this Christmas time, in the birth, in the life, in the death, and in the resurrection of Jesus. It's, it's not in vain. We have this, this marvelous hope, but it's certainly not unfounded. So as we, we think about this, everything that we hold dear as Christians as a body believers, is the reality that, that, the reality that Christmas presented in the Bible is true. It's real. It happened. 
Jesus came with the purpose to live in our lives. He came at exactly the right time. In a world of violence and retribution, he spoke of loving the enemies. In a world of death, he offered us hope and a new life, both now and beyond and beyond the grave. So we must believe in Christmas because what he invites us to life. He alone can forgive. He is the only way to the Father. He came to offer us hope. And so in summary, that is why there must be Christmas. And as we go to prayer today, I, I would just challenge us to let's glorify, let's glorify God who loved us enough to set us free by sending Jesus to be that propitiation, that perfect, acceptable, and only atonement for our sins.